In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I was asked to speak to you about reasons of strength and weakness in service in general. I will focus on the reasons of strength. What brings strength to the service? With a lack of these reasons are the reasons of weakness, right? Easy. The Sunday school servant should be spiritually strong. And we get our strength directly from God. We are strong because we are created in the image of God after his likeness. And God is strong. God is powerful. And we as children of God, we should be strong in spirit. Also, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit abiding in us. So, we receive strength from the Holy Spirit that's abiding in us and working in us powerfully. As the Lord said to the disciples before his ascension, you will receive power from on high when the Holy Spirit descends upon you. And as we read in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, this power is from above. It is heavenly power. And we can see this power in the ministry of the apostles. For example, in the book of Acts, chapter 4 and verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So, what are the sources of this power in our life as Sunday school servant? And also, what are the manifestations of this power in our ministry? As I told you, the source of power is God himself. One of the beautiful Psalms, Psalm 18, verse 1, David says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. And during the Holy Week, we say, my strength and my praise is the Lord. And this is taken from Psalm 118. Also in the third hour of the Ikbaya, in Psalm 46 and verse 1, we say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. And even in ministry, in, in service, St. Peter made it very clear 
that if you want to be successful in your ministry, you need to rely on the power of God, not on anything else. As we read in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 11, if one speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, if anyone serves, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, with the ability and with the power, with the strength which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And actually, if you look at the Coptic, the word ability and the Coptic actually is gom. As you say, thok tati gom. Gom means power. يعني بيقول كده في اثنا شمشي شمش هو يخدم سيرف في اثنا شمشي خس ايفول خن اوجوم في اتي افنوتي سو اوجوم باور فروم جاد سو ليت هيم دو ات از ويز باور ويتش جاد سبلايز اند ديفيد in the psalm that I told you started, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. In the same psalm, Psalm 18, and in verse 32 and 34, he says, It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. It is God who arms me with strength. In verse 34, he teaches my hand to make war, spiritual warfare, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You know, bow of bronze is very strong. You cannot bend it. But David says, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect, who teaches my hand to make war, so my arm can bend a bow of bronze. Any strength not coming from God, it is actually weakness. It is vain and will disappear. Eventually, it will fade away. For example, Pharaoh, he was strong. But his strength not from God. And he used this strength to oppress the people of God. But what happened to Pharaoh at the end? He was drowned in the Red Sea. Satan, he's strong. But at the second coming of Christ and the day of judgment, God will destroy Satan by breath of his mouth. Can you imagine just God will blow in him and Satan will be destroyed? Ahab in the Old Testament who killed Naboot to, to take his field and add it to his land. What happened to him? He was killed and the dogs licked his blood in the same place in which he killed Naboot. Achitophel was very strong 
in personality and in wisdom. But his wisdom is not from God. So God actually destroyed the wisdom and the counsel of Achitophel. Goliath, he was very, very strong man. And he was threatened the army of Israel for almost 40 days. And everyone was afraid. And then this little boy, who was not a man of war, but he got his strength from God. And David stood before this giant Goliath and told him, you come to me with sword, with a spear, and with shield, but I come to you with the name of the Lord of hosts. And he was able to kill him. So all these powers or any source of strength, not from God, it will fade away, it will vanish. But we, our strength is from God, who is actually working in us. As we read in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 29, that this strength is from God. St. Paul says, For to this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Works in me mightily. Mightly means again with power or with strength. Again, if you look at the Coptic, the same word, ogom. Kata bef erhob, his work, in khri enchit chen ogom. Mightly, chen ogom. And again, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Power that works in us. Which power works in us? It is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power works in us. So, number one, the source of our strength is God. If you abide in God, if you abide in the Holy Spirit, you will be a strong person. But it's not your strength, but it is the strength of God, the power that's working in you. Number two, since strength is from God, then we ask for this strength through prayers, and we receive this power by faith through the grace of God. So, in front of God, I admit that I am weak, I am useless, I am nothing. But I am asking God to grant me his power. Because without you, I cannot do anything. And through prayer, God will grant me the power I need. You know, Simpson, after the Palestinians caught him and they shaved his head and they start to make him grinding and blocked out his eye and he lost all his power. 
they actually humiliated him as an animal. So at the end, Simpson prayed and asked God to give him power, to give him strength for the glory of his name, glory of God's name, because they attributed all this power over Simpson to their God, the pagan God, to their idols. So Simpson was zealous for the glory of God and for the name of God, he asked him to give him power. And God gave him power. And Simpson actually was able to kill in his death more than the people he killed during his life. And this gives us example how when we pray and we ask God to give us power, God will give us this power. But we need also beside prayer to pray with, with faith. Because faith in itself is a source of power. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, we read, everything is possible to those who believe. So if I am strong in my faith, I'll be powerful. Because everything is possible for those who believe. Even if at any moment I became weak, through faith, I can restore my strength again. Like the gospel yesterday, when Peter was drowning, Peter first was strong in his faith, and he walked on the water. Then he became weak, and he started to sink in the water and to drown. Then through prayer and with faith, he asked God and told him, Lord, deliver me. And God listened to him, and he delivered him. And he restored his power through prayer and faith. God told us, if you have faith, like mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will. One of the very, very beautiful verses I like very much personally. When God, in in Mark chapter 9, a person brought to God his son who was demon-possessed. And God asked him a very question. He told him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So this person examined himself quickly And he found that his faith is not weak. Actually, he is lacking faith. Lacking faith completely. So he prayed a very beautiful prayer. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. As if he is saying, you know, I heard about you. So I believe that you can heal my son. But in reality, actually I'm lacking faith. I don't have any faith. So please help my unbelief. If you feel that your faith is getting weak, or even if it is totally disappearing, pray with this person 
Mark chapter 9 verse 24 Lord I believe help my unbelief help my unbelief so prayer and faith work together empowering us strengthening us with prayer we fight with God like Jacob when he fought with God and told him I will not let you go until you bless me so We fight with God, I will not let you go until you give me power that I need in service. So he prays and he has faith that God will empower him. Also, as I told you, that this power is the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. So if I am working with the Holy Spirit, my ministry will be powerful. But if my ministry is not powerful, then I need to re-examine my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I was speaking about Simpson. Why Simpson lost his power? Because as we read in Judges chapter 16, verse 20, that the Spirit of the Lord departed from him. So if our fellowship with the Holy Spirit is at risk we quench the Holy Spirit we resist the Holy Spirit we grieve the Holy Spirit then will not be powerful you need actually to be active in your fellowship with the Holy Spirit hold to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life We need to live the life of repentance and purify our heart and live in holiness because the Holy Spirit abides in pure and holy heart. So the temple will be clean. The temple will be pure that the Holy Spirit abide in me so we become strong. Another reason why our ministry is weak or the opposite how to make it strong through actually the word of God when the word of God abides in us and we have the word of God before our eyes all the time when we love the word of God and hide it in our hearts and recite it with our tongue, then the word of God will give me power. The word of God will make me ashamed to commit any sin in the presence of God. One of the beautiful verses, I'm sure all of you know it, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God, powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, when the word of God abiding in us we will be powerful. St. John, in his first letter, 
chapter 2 and verse 14. He said, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. You are strong. And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. So what is the reason of their strength? That the word of God abides in them. That's how they were able to overcome the wicked one. I told you this power, we receive it through the grace of God. But to whom God grant his grace? We read in James, letter of James, chapter 4 and verse 6, God resists the proud but gives the grace to the humble. Do you want to be strong? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. You know why? Because a proud person, he relies on his own power. He thinks that with his own power, he will overcome. With his own power, he can attract people to the church. With his own power and his gifts and abilities, he can actually transform the people. So he relies on his own power. That's why he fails. But the humble person, he acknowledges his weakness. So he will rely on the strength of God. Then God actually give him the power that he needs. Sometimes God allow us to be weak. For example, when Paul got the thorn in the flesh and he asked God to heal him, God told him, no, I want you to be weak. Why? So the more we are weak, the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Earthen vessels, yani vessels made from the dust, is very weak. Very weak. Why? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It's not our power, but it is the power of God. The demons appeared to St. Macarius the Great. And they told him, we spent visions and prayer, we don't sleep. You fast, we don't eat. But do you know how you overcome us? Through your humility, through your humbleness, you overcome us. And St. Anthony the Great, he saw the traps of the demons spread on the ground. So he groaned in his heart, and said, O oh Lord, who can be delivered from all these traps? And he heard voice from heaven telling him, the humble will be delivered from the traps. Yes, because the humble stand before God as weak. And God actually, when he chose, he chose the weak. As we read in First Corinthians, Chapter 1 and verse 27. 
But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world, the weak things of the world, to put to shame the things which are mighty. To put to shame the things which are mighty. Why God is doing this? So no flesh should glory in his presence. When we stand before God, nobody can say, it's by my might, by my power, I did this. No flesh should glory in his presence. Also, the humble person doesn't fear. Why? Because he knows that God is with him. But usually the prideful people, they have fear, they have insecurities in their heart. That's why they turn to be very controlling. They believe they are strong, like Satan. He believed that he's strong, he's exalted in heaven, and he can be seated on the throne of God until he fell down from heaven. St. Paul teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I discover my weakness, so I will rely completely on God, then I will receive his power and I'll be strong. Another reason for strength in service is the purity of the heart. Purity of the heart. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring of spring the issues of life out of your heart spring the issues of your life so the pure heart is like a stronghold nobody can enter it the pure heart is the heart that's elevated or exalted above all the desires of the world do you remember when saint augustine said I sat on the top of the world when in my heart I did not desire anything from the world and I did not fear anything. Yes, the heart that's pure and lives in asceticism, it's a strong heart. There is no desire that can defeat him or nothing can scare him. Also, when we don't have any desire except the love of God, and when we have true asceticism and we get rid of the fear, we will become strong. Think about the martyrs. The martyrs actually, they tried to tempt them with so many things. They tried to tempt them and to threaten them, tempting and threatening. And they were exposed to all kinds of torture. 
but they were strong and they endured all of this in amazing strength. Why? Because there was no any desire in their heart. That's why they did not yield to temptation. If they have desires, it would be very easy for them to yield to temptation. And also, they did not have any fear in their heart. That's why they were not scared of threatening. So neither threatening or uh, temptation actually make them yield. Even death, they overcame the fear of death and they were ready to be killed and to be tortured for the name of Christ. That's why they were strong in front of all the rulers, the kings, the judges. Actually, they were stronger than those who killed them. I remember I wrote an article in a Kraza magazine about the 21 martyrs. And I said, who was afraid and who was strong at this moment? The people actually who killed them, they were afraid. They were hiding behind masks. They were afraid. Afraid lest they recognize them and kill them. So there is fear. If I'm not afraid, I will not hide. But the 21 martyrs, they were actually lifting their heads in strength, in power. So who was strong and who was weak? The murderers were very weak, actually. But the martyrs were very strong. In the same way, the monastic, who actually detached themselves from the desires of the world, they were able to live in wilderness, away from the temptation of the world. They were able to endure solitary life, to live in mountains, to live in wilderness. Some of them, like Sam Macarius, lived in a tomb. They were strong in spiritual uh, and diabolic uh, warfare. They were strong in their impact on others. One of the reasons that transformed the life of St. Augustine was the book about St. Anthony that was written by St. Athanasius. When St. Augustine read this book, this book changed his life. Although Augustine was like a scholar in, in philosophy, in all knowledge of the world, in all the wisdom of the world. But this simple man, he found in him, St. Anthony, strength and power, and he wanted to imitate his life. St. Athanasius, in the, in the same book, St. Athanasius, the theologian, that until now, the world are impressed with his theology. His book, Incarnation of the Logos, until now, is taught in all theological seminaries. Saint Athanasius was influenced by the life of Saint Anthony. Saint Anthony actually changed and influenced his, his life. 
One of the beautiful statements he wrote in his book, I poured water, I poured water on the hand of St. Anthony. So he found it's a great blessing that he washed the hand of St. Anthony. And this great theologian was actually influenced by the power of the life of this simple man, St. Anthony. That's why we see princes left the kingdom and lived like monks. Today you are celebrating St. Maximus. So Maximus and Domatius, they were princes, but they left the glory of the kingdom and lived as simple monks. The, the power of their spiritual life was more than the temptation of becoming a king in the Roman Empire. St. Anthony, Satan and demons appeared to him and tried to scare him. They appeared like lions, like bear, like tigers, but he was not scared. He was stronger than them and he was able to defeat all of them through his power, through his humbleness, and through his faith. Saint Macarius, I told you, he lived in a tomb for some time, and he was not scared. And his, in his life we read that when he slept in a tomb, he actually rested his head on a skull. So Satan wanted to scare him. So Satan spoke to him from the skull in order to scare St. Macarius. But St. Macarius, his heart was strong because he was strong in his faith and he was not afraid. So we are the children of strong fathers, either the martyrs or the apostles or the saints or the monastics. And we have access to this strength. This strength is the strength of the Holy Spirit. And all of us, we received the Holy Spirit when we were baptized. What are the manifestations of this strength? When we are strong in our spiritual life, this will be manifested in the power of our love toward the other and the power of the sacrifice that we are willing to do for the sake of Christ. In the book of Songs of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 6, we read, Love is as strong as death. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. Many waters cannot quench love. So if you imagine it's like a fire, many waters cannot quench love, nor can floods drown it. That's actually the power of love. Love doesn't fail, as St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. This is actually 
the love of a Sunday school servant, not just by words or giving hugs to our students, but through work, through truth demonstrated in our life. Actually, this power, because it's the power of the Holy Spirit in us, I can say it is deeper than the love of a mother to her baby or to her infant. It is deeper than the love of David to his friend Jonathan. You can see this love in the heart of David toward his son Absalom. Absalom actually rebelled against his father David and he wanted actually to take the kingdom from him. But look what David did when he heard that Absalom died. He wept bitterly for him and he was actually, he, he wished that he would be the one who died and not Absalom. Sometimes we struggle to sacrifice. You know why? Because we are not powerful. We don't want to give more time to visitation. We don't want to give more time to our Sunday school classes. We don't want to give time to read and to prepare the lesson in the right way. We are reluctant to sacrifice because we don't have this power in us. Power, as I told you, demonstrated in the power of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God, when he, he, he loved us, this love is demonstrated in giving and sacrificing his son, in putting his son to death on the cross because he loved us. To what extent you are willing to sacrifice from your time, from your effort, from your health to serve the Lord. And more importantly is to deny yourself. It is a sacrifice. And to accept to take the last seat, to be the least among your brothers. That's actually the most powerful sacrifice is to deny yourself. As I told you, the martyrs, they sacrificed everything, even their own life, their families, their children, their parents, for the sake of God. The sin appears in monastic. After a few weeks, we'll start the Holy Great Fast, and you'll hear about that our fathers, the monastic, they lived in mountains and wilderness for their great love for King Christ, for their great love for King Christ. That's why they sacrificed all the pleasures of the world. The love of our fathers, the apostles, they sacrificed their life. As Peter said to the Lord, we left everything and we followed you for their love for Christ and his kingdom. They endured to be beaten up, to be humiliated, to be imprisoned, to be stoned, to be wanderers, even to die. 
Why? Because their great love, their love was powerful, was not a weak but powerful love. We have left everything and we followed you. St. Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, he said, I lost everything. I lost everything. And I considered rubbish in order to win Christ and be found in him. When our love is powerful, it will be, as the Lord said, from all our heart, from all our soul, from all our mind, from our thoughts, from all our strengths. There will be no other love in my heart competes with the love of God. Neither love of one's self, neither the love of money, neither the love of pleasure. That's why the Lord said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Even he who loves his life more than love of God, he is not worthy of God. As we read in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 39. He who finds his life will lose it. Meaning, if you love your life more than your love for God, you will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. The martyrs, as I told you, sacrificed their life. Also, when our love to God is great and powerful, we will be swift to obey him. God gave Abraham a very difficult commandment. If you put yourself just for one minute in the place of Abraham, you will know how difficult this commandment is. When he told him, take your son, Isaac, the son whom you begot in your old age, the son whom you love, take him and offer him as a sacrifice. But his love to God was so powerful and he was obedient. And he took his son and put him on the altar. And God waited until he took the knife and lifted up the knife to sacrifice his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. But God here stopped him because God does not accept human sacrifices. But it was test for his faith in order to be a lesson for all of us. So to what extent are you powerful in your love to God? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give up things like the ascetic, give up everything for their love of Christ? How strong is your faith? How strong this another manifestation? Do you believe that God can make a road in the Red Sea? Why every night in midnight praises we chant the first horse? Do you believe that God can make a road in the sea for you? Do you believe that God can bring water from a rock? Do you believe that God 
can do wonders and, and miracles? Do you believe that if you keep silent and you accept the injustice and unfairness with Christ, God will fight for you? As Moses said to the people, the Lord will fight for you and you, you will be silent? This faith in God will help me to offer my life to Christ. And also, some of us who are reluctant to give from our money, our tithe to the Lord, especially if we are tight in our budget. You know why? Because our faith is not strong. But if our faith is strong, actually we will not be reluctant to give anything. We will say with David in Psalm 23, If I walk in the valley of shadow of death, I fear nothing because you are with me. Even if I go through a difficult time, I will say that all things work out for good to those who love God. So I will not worry. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about today. I know God can make everything work out for good to those who love God. I believe in eternal life. And because I believe in eternal life strongly, I actually make my life and make myself ready with all my might, with all my strength to the eternal life. A person who is strong, who will be strong actually also in his spiritual warfare with the devil. Like Joseph, the righteous, he was strong. He had two options, to break the commandment of God and yield to the temptation of sin or to overcome the temptation of sin and be put to jail. And he chose the difficult one, to go to jail, to be imprisoned, but not to defile his body. And he said, how can I commit this wickedness and sin against God? That is the the power, because Joseph was a powerful person. That's why he was powerful in front of the temptation. Maybe the world understands power when I defeat somebody else, when I oppress somebody else, when I put myself ahead of somebody else. But the true power, when you defeat the sin, when you defeat the temptation, regardless how strong the temptation is, how regards how Satan actually is making traps for you, but I am powerful through the grace of God. Even if the wicked people surrounded me like bees around the honey, I will not be afraid, as David said, in Psalm 118. Or even false people start to attack me or slander me. I will not be afraid because I am strong in the Lord. But the person who gets weak and fall, I think the verse that fits him is what we read in Daniel chapter 5 
and verse 27. God will tell him, you have been weighed in balances and found wanting, not strong enough. Another manifestation of strength, which is very important, a Sunday school servant, if he does something wrong, he is powerful to say, I have sinned and ask for forgiveness. Yes, strength is manifested when we are strong in the spiritual warfare and we can defeat the temptation. But some people, yes, they can defeat temptation, but if they sin, they have difficulty in admitting their sins. That's why some people don't confess, even some school servants don't go to confession regularly. And even when they go to confession, it's just chatting, it is finding excuses, not admitting my weakness with boldness. I am amazed at St. Augustine, who actually did not confess to one person, a priest, but he published his confession in a book, can read it until now. At, at his time, his generation read the book Confession of St. Augustine, and until now we can read this. So, if I hurt somebody, am I strong to go and say, I am sorry I hurt you, and I have no excuses, and I ask for forgiveness? If I said a wrong opinion, can I say, you know what, I think my opinion is wrong, or we become stubborn and I try to defend my opinion even if it is wrong. The strength in admitting our weaknesses and in saying I'm wrong, that's actually strength, not weakness. Another type of strength is a strength in self-control. A powerful person is strong from within, can actually control himself. As we read in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 32. He who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. So if you can control your anger, you are better than being mighty. And he who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. So the spiritual servant, the strong, he controls his thoughts. So he does not actually get distracted or think about ungodly thoughts. But as St. Paul said, he takes every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. He controls his senses. So his eye, his ear, his touches are under the control of the Holy Spirit. He controls his heart and emotion. He controls his tongue. So not a word comes from his tongue that is offensive to other, but every word salted with salt to give grace to those who uh, to hear. As St. James said, if anyone cannot sin with his tongue, He's a perfect man, 
He can control all the body. This power in, in self-control and in controlling our mind, senses, emotions, tongue, is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Also, he's powerful in controlling his instincts and his emotions. External enticement will not actually uh, trigger him, but he is powerful. For example, if somebody insulted him, he will not actually get angry. He does not resist evil with evil. He does not repay evil with evil. He does not respond to a wrong word by a wrong word. He is not overcome by evil, but he overcomes evil with good, as we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. He is strong in managing his anger, and he cannot say, I was nervous and I couldn't control my emotions. He will be also strong in his personality, strong in his mind, strong in his understanding, and strong in his empathizing with others, and in understanding and make wise conclusion. He's strong in his memory, he's strong in his wisdom, he's strong in his behavior, he's strong in his will, he's strong in his determination, how he conduct himself, how he manage and administer things. He is like a mountain. Those who trust in the Lord like Mountain Zion. He is not shaken in front of any threatening. As we read in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 7, Who are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will be a valley. Everything he does, he will do it with zeal and strength. Every responsibility, he take it with zeal and strength. He is a man who can take responsibilities, regardless if it is huge responsibility of even risky responsibility. He does everything with seriousness, with faithfulness, with commitment. And he does the calculation in order for the results come according to the expectation. He keeps the balance between love and control. He's strict, he can make up his mind, he knows how to make decisions. And if any challenges or obstacles in, in front of him, he will not be anxious, he will not be worried, he will not be afraid, but like a strong mountain, he knows that there is a solution for every problem. He trusts God who works in him and with him. He trusts that God also in control of everything in the culture around us. Also, he will not be influenced by the culture. He is not conformed to the world, but is transformed to the image and the likeness of Christ. He can influence a whole society or a whole culture by his mind, by his spirituality. That's why we say the era of Athanasius, the era of Antonius. Why you say this? Because Athanasius influenced all his generation. Saint Anthony influenced all their generation, either by their example or by their writings. 
That's why his preaching, his word, his lessons are powerful. His ministry is powerful. Every word he says is anointed by the Holy Spirit, powerful and effective, does not return empty, but does the word of the Lord. When he speaks, he actually, through the Holy Spirit, he is able to impact others. His service, like a fire and fruitful. St. Paul, when actually he was a prisoner in front of Felix the governor, when he spoke about righteousness, judgment, and self-control, Felix the governor, and Paul was in prisoner. Felix actually was terrified. And when he spoke before Agrippa the king, the, uh, the king told him, you are about to make me Christian. So think about the ministry of St. Paul in its power and its, its strength because he was full of the Holy Spirit. That's why St. Paul and all the apostles, their ministry was so strong. We can see Christianity. They don't have any wars, they don't have any army, but they were able to stand in front of the Roman Empire, this powerful empire, but the Christian was able to stand strong before them. Also, they stood in front of the Jews by all their conspiracy and all their planning to destroy Christianity. And until now, Christianity stands very strong against the philosophies and against New Age philosophies. St. Peter, with one word, one sermon, was able to bring 3,000 persons who were baptized in the same day. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that works in His Word, and until now, working in our world. We need to be strong in our testimony to the Lord. We need to say with David in Psalm 119, I spoke your testimony before kings, and I'm not ashamed. I can bring witness to the testimony of the Lord, and I will not ashamed. The last point in strength in service that the strong person completely disappear in order actually for Christ to appear. If you want actually to catch many people to the kingdom of God, you need to disappear completely and Christ appears. So you will be able to catch many people to the kingdom of heaven. And there is strength to accept to be nothing and to be totally disappeared. So keep always in your heart and in your mind that you will disappear, that Christ will appear, will be manifested. Regardless what your power is, your talent is, your abilities are, but in front of Christ completely disappear that he can attract by his, his divine power all the people to his uh, kingdom. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.